Hey everyone, welcome back to the Frosty and Friends podcast, where we look at whatever shows or movies we're feeling like and give you our honest critiques and opinions. I'm joined by Cody. What's up, guys? And joining us for the first time is Howdy, Ryan. howdy. Howdy, howdy. And this week, we're looking at American Psycho, released in 2000. American Psycho stars Christian Bale, Willem Dafoe, Jared Leto... Reese Witherspoon, some other people who aren't as famous, and directed by Mary Heron. Awesome. So should we get uh, started here? Yeah. Well, Cody, you recommended the film, so I'll let you have the honors of going oh, first. Oh, yeah. Well, I just want to say I love this movie. I think it's pretty, uh, it's a good dark comedy. Uh, it's funny how it looks at, you know, like the upper class, kind of like these, kind of like these nepotism kind of guys, you know their dads own the companies and they work there it's just it's a really good critique on that kind of lifestyle and culture yeah kind of a theme i picked up um is kind of like the theme of the american dream Mm -hmm. but like not the american dream in the sense of like what magazines in the 50s portrayed of like the you know margaritas with the boss and white picket fence and a daughter and son but the American dream of the single white man um, in the 80s when this film takes place is being a successful businessman, being able to get into all the high-class yeah. restaurants, having the best house, having the best business card. Oh, yeah. Kind of like a light, you know? Making it big in the world, mm-hmm. you know, making a name for yourself. Yeah, yeah this, was, uh, this was the first time I've actually seen the film today. Yeah, oh, really? and I, I was quite pleased. Um, definitely a favorite now after watching it quite quite a funny film in my opinion definitely dark like how cody pointed pointed out it's so interesting that both of like cody you called it a dark comedy and ryan you said it was funny i definitely think it has humoristic or i don't know if that's a word but you know elements to it that have humor but yeah i've never looked at it as a comedy yeah um i always heard it as like a horror and maybe that's just like mismarketing well, where the comedic areas come in is just kind of like making fun of that like looking at especially the card scene you know business card scene that's kind of that's like an oh, entire that kind of joke in a way you know they're mm-hmm. looking at these people are so True. materialistic yeah. all they care about is you know they're business cards like they don't care about anything else yeah what i find just funny, funny is how patrick Baton would talk about to his friends how he's this kind of he's this guy looking out for the poor class he's trying to fix these racial issues and then like trying to get rid of materialistic ways and then yeah you look at the card scene where all they care about is their name on the card and he gets so upset when someone tries to one-up him. He can't take it. I know. I Yeah. I love the facial expressions oh my, and yeah, the physical absolutely. acting during that scene of just... You can tell there's just pure rage oh my, yeah, behind yeah. that face. Well, there's even a line in the movie where he's like, all I'm, all that's left of me is like disgust and like apathy mm-hmm. and all that. It's just greed. like... Greed. He's just yeah. left with... He's, he's an mm-hmm. empty shell filled with greed and disgust. Yeah, no, there are a couple lines in the film where he goes into detail saying, like, I may appear human, I have skin, I have fingernails, but I am, like, I am just, like, a well of, of, like, a lack Mm -hmm. of emotion. And brilliant performance by Christian Bale, too. Oh, oh my gosh, outstanding. 
Absolutely love it. I'm a little iffy, honestly, and that's kind of going to be a reoccurring theme for me through this film. Um, it's definitely a good film. It's just, and I've, this was my second time seeing it, and I feel like I need to see it again. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I didn't quite. I know. I feel like I didn't quite get everything. Like, no, yeah, I, I didn't. Like usually, I'm really good at picking up like on like themes and. Um, symbolisms like the first time and I feel like I got a lot of that but I watched it and I definitely felt like this is a good film but I wasn't getting this like incredibly satirical take um, like I, I don't know like I think a film that like does a good job of like providing a very um, like a good job of providing social commentary mm. is something like Fight Club which interestingly enough kind of released around a similar mm-hmm. time um as American Psycho. And when I compare the two films, I think kind of like Fight Club is a stronger film and I think it does a better job of portraying its messages. And yeah, that, was, I yeah think... that was like the anti-consumerist like... Oh god, yeah. Go against Definitely. You know, the system in a way, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about the subtlety in this film is when he's at the a good a good scene to point out is when he's at the nightclub and he's talking to the model and she says what do you do and he talks he says he's into murder and execution and she missed her mishears him and thinks she he said uh uh what was it merger and execute Ac- or ac- accu- uh, accusations and, yeah, yeah i i, I find yeah, that so yeah. when when he yeah he would pick up like look literally at the bar when you tell the woman i'm gonna kill you i want to murder you like yeah something like that, that. i just love that it, it just shows like and, and i i personally i find that the way they portray his steady decline of sanity as he starts like at the very at the end of the film starts to question even himself whether or not he actually killed anyone which i find interesting yeah right and then it turned it kind of it asked the viewer to question what you've just mm-hmm. seen which like definitely leads to this film like i already said it but it kind of enlists the idea of i need to rewatch the film mm-hmm, definitely um, because it makes you ask what is real and what is simply the imagination of a confused man I have absolutely. a haunted guy too i mean he's haunted by oh, even himself yes <laughs> mm-hmm and yeah there's so many like things you can pick up on this movie or pick up on yeah in this movie i mean you just have like patrick bateman all the little things that he does and like you have things in the background going on and like yeah just what kind of what ryan said earlier there's a lot of subtlety in the movie they can pick up yeah, i'll never be able to look at a person doing a face mask uh, ever again <laughs> yeah, the same okay. way i i love too how asinine he would get over like his music choice and how in yeah. it he was he would literally be shooting like pretty much a porno of women eating each other out yet he's going right. into such detail and description about how <laughs> like how much he enjoys this kind of music it's it's funny right yeah he'll be watching yeah like you said two <laughs> girls going at it and then he's giving you like this incredibly detailed and deep monologue on this like one song in a uh, Huey Lewis and mm-hmm. the Who's yeah, right. And also, I, I think a good part in that too is like when he's like with them, he's looking in the mirror at himself and he's oh, flexing. Oh, he's he's mm-hmm. staring so at himself. 
he's so uh, self-absorbed and narcissistic it's like uh, he's the perfect so man he sees he sees himself as perfection at that point like you if you're trying to attain the ideal man he's the kind of guy you want to be and so when people aren't acting like him like how uh i forget his name but the homosexual man in the bathroom scene when he tries to when he gets his car changed and he he's trying to match his uh colleagues bateman he can't handle the fact that someone lower than him is trying to rise up to his standard yeah mm-hmm. and i think it kind of like ties back into that th- that theme of like almost like the new American mm-hmm. dream of what it is. Um, and it's more about self-success. And yeah, I think, Ryan, you put it in a really good way, that idea that you are above everyone else. Um, and you look at kind of all like the apartments that these guys have there and these huge buildings that tower over everywhere else. Um, and they're constantly putting themselves in positions of power because that's where they're coming from. Oh, yeah. There's a scene there too, where Patrick Bateman walks into Paul Allen's apartment, and he's like, "Oh my God, it looks nicer than mine. It's more expensive." I love that. Right. He's like, right. He just killed the guy. He's cleaning up after the murder, and the first thing that comes to his mind is, "This guy's got a nicer place exactly. than me." And going off, Sean, what you were saying about putting themselves above and like putting themselves into a position of power, especially shines when during the alleyway scene when he's talking to the homeless man he says why don't you just get a job why don't you just like yeah. smell like shit and then just murders mm-hmm. him just out of pure disgust well it's such like if you look at kind of like i mean that's what a privileged person can do they don't have to work for their oh, position definitely. they don't have to work for what they have so yeah that's i mean you're you're gonna see that a lot like i'm sure you saw that back in 2000 when this came out but you're gonna see that now even in 2021 um like people in power will look at people without power and say why don't you lift yourself up as if it's that easy yeah he got in because his dad owned the firm that he worked it, at. exactly right his own so yeah he, he had a gateway right up to the top business already so yeah, so it's like a major critique on that kind of, you know, that culture and just those kind of people, you mm-hmm. know, it's upper class, wealthy. Born with a silver spoon, however yeah. that saying goes. And it also looks at how they're not perfect. They're, even with all of that, like all their money and, you know, their high status, Patrick Bateman himself is like haunted and ruined and disgusted with himself by the end of the movie. Not mm-hmm. earlier on, but... And then kind of something I found myself asking himself is like, it's this kind of these ideals that he finds himself chasing. I think that's what ruins him in the end is that he becomes so self-absorbed and so just obsessed and addicted to the idea of success and power and domination that it gets so much into his mind is that he can be nothing but. Yeah, he, he starts to lose his grip on like his powerful status that instead of trying to compete with his colleagues now he's trying to eliminate them and when he starts to even lose that he's going after these women who he can dominate not he's not trying to satisfy any sexual need he's just dominating them that's all it is it's just power for him yeah exactly but going back, I want to go back to the ending of the film. 
and my mm-hmm. per, my personal and yeah, opinion. And I, I might as well, sorry to to cut you off, Ryan, but I'm just going to give a little Get. disclaimer that we may or may not give oh, yeah. spoilers. So. <laughs> if you're yeah. joining a podcast about a movie discussion, you're probably going to hear some spoilers. <laughs> That's fair. And this movie yeah, came out yeah, 21 years it, ago well, when we I were all going in fetus mode. Until today, so that's funny. But uh, like I was saying, yeah. uh, I wanted to talk about how the theory of did Bateman actually kill anyone? Now, for me, right, right. I think that Paul Allen, obviously he didn't kill him. But I think in his own mind, he, def- he definitely killed him and got into that. He didn't kill any of the women. He didn't kill any, like, those bodies you saw in the apartment, in Paul Allen's uh, apartment. He, there was no dead bodies. Like, he didn't kill any of those women. He, I think, though, right. he did end up killing that old woman and those cops and the, those guys in the uh, building. Because I think it, he got it in his head that, like, he did kill people. So, like, he may as well just keep killing. So. I'm actually not sure right. because... Uh, uh, there's a funny part in the well not funny part but there's a in the scene when he looks at the uh, I forget what it was like a police car and he shoots it with a pistol and oh. it blows up yeah, yeah. it explodes so I think he that's did, he did yeah. see it's yeah you're right and the other part kind of about that like around that scene is that he walks into the same building oh. twice and there's a different yeah. guy and he kills both I didn't, guys I didn't, I didn't even um, see that I didn't even realize that what about the cat scene where he goes up to the ATM and like, <laughs> says, feed it with feed, a cat? Feed me the cat. Yeah, you're right. right. No, yeah. no, no. I, I didn't see. I didn't think about that until now. But yeah, that's definitely an interesting point. I was because I was also thinking like he li- was literally running around a building naked with a chainsaw, screaming, and no one's coming out of their rooms to check on this yeah. poor woman. So like, obviously something was up there. Right. I mean, my thing about it is, like, I I think about it, but I'm not going to give an answer. To me, it's kind of like, you know, you can say as much as you want about, like, other films and kind of leave it up to, like, interpretation, like, what's in the suitcase and Pulp mm-hmm. Fiction, did the top fall over in yeah. Inception? I think it's one of those things that, you know, you're not supposed to have a concrete answer, but you can have some... And that's the perfection about... The, that's what I love about this movie. It's like, there's no real answer it's up to the audience to uh, their audience's imagination to think of like what could have possibly happened exactly another and i i definitely like those films sorry to oh no that's all good I was... you, but yeah i i always enjoy a film that um that doesn't undermine the intelligence of mm-hmm. the audience which you see a lot of films do and it's really annoying no, definitely um, to just assume that the audience doesn't know shit or can't piece together. So yeah, let thing. yeah we have to explain so, everything for you. Exactly. Which, funny enough, this film does a lot of. There's a lot of narration. Yeah, there's I, a lot of narration, but I think that was um, based off of because it was based off a novel in which the character did that. That's true. Yeah, we haven't yeah. even gotten to the fact that I'm an, I mean, I haven't either. read the book, but. Oh, I never read the book, but I've <laughs> heard like people talking about it. It's even more gruesome. Like it's really? gnarly. Yeah, the book's supposed to be yeah. even more fucked up. Like he's even oh more sadistic. Like it goes into detail about how he like stabs a guy's <laughs> face off and how much he's Ugh. enjoying it. But apparently he takes like a rat yeah. or something. There's some really gross scene that he does with like a rat and a woman. Oh my the the coat hanger. Right. Use your yeah, imagination. Yeah, the coat hanger <laughs> scene was like, oh my. 
Wait, we're not done mm -hmm. yet without oh, a coat yeah. hanger. Oh my god. <laughs> right. Ugh. And uh, also an interesting uh, fact, or yeah, fun fact, I guess, is the scene where Kimball, uh, Willem Dafoe, he's interrogating Patrick Bateman. Mm -hmm. they act that's actually four different cuts that they put together. Yeah, I've and heard it's all, about like, that. It's, yeah. One of them's like, uh, Kimball knows that Patrick Bateman was the killer. One of them he doesn't know, and one of them he's like unsure. Oh. Um, maybe there's only three, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, yeah, I think it is three, but yeah, it's kind of like a similar thing with Clue. Um, the Clue movie that they made, like, off the board game. Um, and the interesting thing about that is that this was back when, like, movies were on actual film reels. Um, and depending on which theater you saw it at, it would have a different ending. There are three different really? endings to that film, just like the board game, yeah. And so it's kind huh. of like that. Whereas, like, depending on which version you watch, you're kind of, like, a, a part of the film is going to be That's different. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I especially like how in some scenes, like, up close on Willem Dafoe's face, he, he, he looks so certain that he knows that Patrick Bateman killed Paul Allen. But it's yeah. just... It, it's Patrick, like, losing his psyche, like, seeing things, like just examining something and taking like going overboard with it when in reality it's just not the case right and this might be like a bit of a stretch but like maybe the detective wasn't even there you rarely see him interact That's true, with any yeah. other characters it could have just been like part of his like subconsciously he knew it was wrong and so that part of his mind that was i mean i mean wrong, he manifested the idea that he literally murdered paul allen and all these other people so what's not to say he mm -hmm. didn't do the same with others so well i'm confused about is like um did kimball interact with the secretary at all i he he did a, yeah, a so little makes him wonder maybe he was real but maybe I mean, you could also argue like... that the entire situation even the interaction with uh his secretary was like thought thought up in his own mind but yeah, uh, true. yeah that is an interesting point like that that he did have interactions with he, he the only yeah it was only patrick bateman and uh his secretary so well, the other thing, too, is that Kimball, like, does stuff that normally, like, a detective wouldn't when you're just questioning someone, like, the the bit where he goes out to lunch yeah. with mm -hmm. Bateman. It, it, speaking of which, it's interesting that Willem Dafoe would point out that, uh, I forget, is, is his name's Kimberly, Willem Dafoe's character? I think it's Kimball, but I'm not Kimble? 100% sure. Kim okay. Kimball sounds it's right. It's funny, funny yeah. enough that Kimball points out that... Patrick Bateman was actually at a like dinner party with all these like executives um the night Paul Allen disappeared yeah so I, yeah it's just interesting yeah okay. his name's Kimball and there's also a funny scene when they're eating at the restaurant uh you can I, I've seen it in a YouTube comment it's like you can see Patrick Bateman watching Kimball eating his steak and he pours salt on it and then so Patrick Bateman does the mm -hmm. same thing to his steak, even though, you know, he has like this look and disgust. Really? So you can see him like copying other people. That's like <laughs> perfect, like, uh, I don't know, sociopath. Oh, no, that's, that is really interesting. Mimicking other people's actions. Yeah. 
something else I was kind of thinking about. So the, the film's title, uh, title, um, American Psycho. You also have Patrick Bateman. And so I wonder, like, is this film like kind of paying homage or like to the to Hitchcock's film Psycho? Because Psycho, you know, of course, you can have a similar name, but in that movie, um, uh, the main kind of killer's name is uh, yeah, Norman that, Bates. That's what I've always thought. Like, they're connected, in, or not connected, but like, yeah, it's paying homage. Yeah, not connected, but yeah, yeah. paying homage. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Um... Because that was one of the first ever kind of slasher films, um, like kind of one of it's it's kind of hard to put into words. Like it's not a slasher in the same way when you look a at psychological like a horror in a sense. It's more it's kind of more psychological, but that's most likely because of because of a Hitch, Hitchcock a Hitchcock's yeah. directing style. Um, he was very much a psychological thriller. Um, I think Psycho just happened to be his more like uh, horror okay. um, kind of entry in his all in all his work, and I'm just kind of like for usually when you have something or like a film that is a satire on a genre, like take Cabin in the Woods uh, for an example, like it pays homage to what it's uh, like a satire of. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Something. Um. What is it? Something. And this, I think, that's kind of my last thing. But something I wasn't a big fan of is that this. It seemed to have a really confused soundtrack. Now, I like the, the use of music and songs um, when he was killing people, especially the fall <laughs> <laughs> scene. Um. Uh, that was great. But outside of that. It plays, like, the soundtrack plays a lot. I feel like there's always either a song playing or you have um, narration um, and and inner monologue from Patrick Bateman. Yeah, it's it's funny how, like, right after the first kind of, like, big scene where you're kind of questioning Bateman's psyche, like, right, like, immediately after, it's like this fun, catchy tune that he's listening to. And it's just it's like yeah, yeah walking, walking on, on sunshine. sunshine. It's it's that kind of theme throughout the entire movie of like this uplifting, like very uh, happy Mirage. in a sense, yeah, songs that he keeps he continues to listen to. It's like the contrast mm. of the two sides of a person in a way. Yeah, the yeah. juxtaposition. Almost, yeah. I like how too he Bateman. Uh, like as the film continues on and on he keeps bringing up these like famous serial killers like ted bundy and oh god just, yeah he, he just brings them up out of the blue because right. he's just he's he's getting into this mindset of these killers and he's like studying them and learning more about them and he's trying to him. almost like turn yeah he's like he's seeing himself in them in a sense yeah that's actually a good point right yeah. Like especially the scene where he talks about who is the one killer he was talking about when he was sitting down with his colleagues. Uh, Ed yeah. Gein, he mm-hmm. was known for um, turning. Um, the interesting thing is Ed Gein didn't actually kill anyone, but he was the person who he would dig up um, recently buried women and use their Ugh. skin to make furniture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Huh? That's gross, but yeah, it's funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like. 
uh, talks about the two sides of uh, I think it was Ed Gein then uh, like to, to mm-hmm. oh, she's a girl walking down the street and then I forget what the first one was but the second one's like and then he wonders what her head would look like on a stick yep like I think it was like nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, like, just like a very random thing just to bring up to your colleagues it's like yeah. oh it's like oh <laughs> and I think right. another thing that looks at there is like their conversation that they're having is super misogynistic in oh the way my. that they're talking yeah, most extremely. of them are. You you have a lot of misogynistic and anti-Semitic uh, yeah. dialogue. Um, a also. smart girl is only a like ugly girl. <laughs> like yeah. a... something like that. Just something t- to the effect of you know, women are only physical exactly, people. Exactly, they're objects. Just something you know, god awful like that. Yeah, so it's kind of critiquing that kind of culture too. Hmm. Um, anything, uh, anything more that, uh, Intri- No, I think that's kind of uh, for me. I like how when he's declined, especially at towards the end of the movie, when he's trying to get that, uh, he's talking to his secretary, he's wearing the sunglasses, and he's doing the crossword, and it's literally just filled with meat and bone. Oh, yeah. Meat, bone. Oh, and then yeah. he's like, how about we, let's go get dinner. At Dorsey's, yeah. call, Dorsey, call, yeah. call I guess he was And uh, I loved he's trying to get a reservation. The guy's like, yeah, no, we're booked. And he's like, two at nine? Perfect. Thursday? Of <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Very, very funny. Dorsey itself is interesting. They never actually show the restaurant. And it's kind of like this mystical place like, you I, can I, get into. Maybe it's the idea of, like, what you reach for but it's only that only something you reach for yeah. never he, actually he, achieve, he never, never he's of. never able because the first time he tries to get a reservation they laugh at him they just make an absolute mm-hmm. mockery out of him and it's the the right. idea and, and especially when paul allen brings it up that yeah i i was having uh could have got us reservations instead of yes. this like shitty restaurant we're at right now and he it just pisses him off oh and he's just like nobody goes there anymore yeah no yeah the the idea of something out of his reach he tries to make it like below him his ego is hit so hard by that by a restaurant too it just shows Mm -hmm. you like these characters are so self-absorbed and like it's what is important to them it's not ethics or morals it's restaurants and business parts yeah i thought too um he he, he before he was going to like when he had his secretary over at his place and he was trying to come up with way he like gives her the ice cream and he's trying to think of way yeah the sorbet, sorbet. he's trying to come up with ways to kill her hmm, should I kill her with this should I kill her with that and then he finally decides you know what I'll kill her with a nail gun to the back of the head and right before he does it it's almost like a snap into reality as he hears his uh, fiance's voice again and i at that moment right. i had thought that oh he's he's showing slight humanity maybe maybe this is like a turning point for him and then next thing you know you have the scene where there's bodies filled in the entire apartment and oh, he's yeah. like eating the woman and chasing the girl with the chainsaw mm-hmm. i'm like oh never mind he's completely lost it right it's like he's trying to break out but at the same time he's trying to like rebuild he, he can't he yeah. can't escape this fantasy that yeah. he's built himself around hello hello 
I also like yeah. how at the end of the film, like like toward like the steady decline of his like facial facial features, especially like he's this frantic. He's he's lost himself. He's crying. He's sobbing. He's scared. Yeah, it's something similar you see in um, Jack Nicholson's character mm-hmm. in The Shining, especially if you look at the um, oh yeah, hair, that... um, which I think could play even more importance because this film has a lot of themes and messages about the idea of appearance. Yeah, and his hair is just incredibly unkept um, in uh, towards the climax of the third especially act. when he kills Paul Allen, his hair is like almost a mess. It's not its usual self. So, mm-hmm. but going off of that i find it interesting how at the end of the film after all this has happened after he's shown this kind of fear of himself almost he's back to this calm cool collected kind of guy where he has this just deadpan stare into the void almost like a thousand yard stare where he's not really looking at anything and he's just back to his old self in a sense yeah. What is it? Kind of on an unrelated side note, I always forget Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I don't know. actually even know who the actress is. I, I would have to look her up, actually. She's been in a couple of other things, but nothing like this, so maybe that's mm-hmm. why I always forget. I think that was kind forget. of, like, on purpose, almost like she's a side note in the film, in a way. Like, I... Well, because he, he keeps her around for the purpose yeah. of mm-hmm. image. Yes. Um, and so, you know, being like an attractive uh, woman that he keeps like close to her as his fiance kind of it's that it's the same reasoning that goes into why his morning routine has so many parts and aspects yeah. to it it's all of that it's that idea of you know keeping this image almost like th- this mask mm-hmm. on yeah you see that mask come off like you said like his hair is unkept he gets sweaty when he starts Bloody. killing people. He's he's losing himself. Mm-hmm. He's losing his perfect image. Exactly. Yeah, I'm looking at her films that she's known for. Wild Producer, Legally Blonde, Election, <laughs> Walk the Like I Yeah, yeah. I told you it's nothing like it's nothing like yeah, this is like uh, I guess like Legally Blonde that's like the only movie I've actually like heard of I've never seen it myself but these others yeah no right. idea yeah. well I think if that's kind of all everyone has to go on yeah I'm trying to look through my notes here see if uh got any other interesting points there was a scene where he's dragging Paul Allen's body out of the apartment and there's a blood trail and yet mm-hmm. the security guard does not even care oh yeah like <laughs> right so i thought that was... and it, yeah it, it goes again to the idea of yeah like, exactly is it all real and then there's like kind of another theory is that is it not just patrick bateman that's become so desensitized to all this violence and that's kind of looking at the right. world what if everyone is like yeah and it's kind of, i feel like that's a good you know commentary in the world and what like everyone everyone is so apathetic now you know we see we're so Mm -hmm. desensitized to everything that we kind of ignore abnormalities exactly you know also you know he's rich he's a guy he's white you know they they let it slide yeah they're like yeah this guy you know what can't do anything wrong he's this powerful man Mm -hmm. that you can't really touch like uh, i find it interesting 
to go back uh, to like his thought of like an ideal woman is that he's going he's mm-hmm. having an affair with someone who's she does look to his description very beautiful but she's someone who's like super drug like she's addicted to drugs yeah. and she's not like that good of a woman you could but right. it's just interesting that like he would be having this affair with like her of all people yeah well another interesting thing and it's kind of like i don't think it's that deep of symbolism or anything but all the women that he does you know have sex with and has affairs with they're all blonde mm. and white kind of like they're yeah. they're physically similar to his feelings. you're right i didn't even realize that i think that kind of fits like the whole like you know the american stereotype back then mm-hmm. back in like in the 80s That's having true you know, model yeah. life like blonde and speaking of women like especially when like at the beginning of the film he just tells his press secretary to lose the dress wear the heels like don't don't ever wear that dress again it's like oh my god yeah no he (laughs) and yeah you never really see him interact with any women who he doesn't see as a sexual Mm -hmm. conquest or who aren't directly below him, like his secretary or someone yeah. who works for him. He he seemed so upset when he had the girl Christy and I forget her name, but the other girl, and he's like, Ask me ask me what I do. I talk about me. So it's it's, it's just like <laughs> he doesn't really care. He just wants to talk about himself. Oh no, of course. Yeah, and it, it goes into what C- Cody has brought up that he's just like so self-absorbed that he's collapsed within yeah. himself uh great points though i is an awesome discussion love this yeah yeah i'm trying to think of another point you know I, i've seen people talk about the fact that and you can see this in the film like his secretary is the only person who's ever actually shown any real like interest in him and mm. he's, he's kind of shocked by that a little bit mm-hmm. especially in the scene in his apartment he's kind of like Wait. Well, maybe that's kind of why he shows the killer, the hesitation, yeah. um, and 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 why and why he kills him, and not only the hesitation with the nail gun, but the hesitation the hesitation in how yeah. to kill her. Because with the others, he has it all mm-hmm. planned out. It's you know coat hanger this chainsaw <laughs> that, but he <laughs> doesn't know enough. what to do because it's so un- unexpected. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is definitely like. Frankly, I don't consider this that great of a film, but there's definitely a lot to go yeah. into. Um, there's definitely a lot to talk about, and I do enjoy that aspect. I definitely try of to it. give it a rewatch. It's not for everyone, of course. This movie, it's pretty like divided. No, definitely. Oh no, I have. I yeah, I am you know completely desensitized to all this stuff. You know, when you watch you know all eight <laughs> oh, yeah, saw course, films yeah. your sophomore year yeah, in high school, too. you know, no, nothing phases <laughs> no. you. Oh god, that shit gave me yeah. nightmares. My my friend had an older brother who's in high school, and we're probably in elementary school, and he showed us like Saw. I don't remember which one, but that that, that gave me nightmares for sure. That that shit scared me so. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's really yeah, I usually don't. I usually don't care about kids. You won't find me saying like, "Think about the children." But <laughs> uh, no, it, saw yeah, is a little no, it intense. Was, it was not a fun time. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Well, on that note, I think right, we're cool. done here. And uh, yeah, Ryan, it's your first time here, and 
what you can do whatever you want the last guy um we kind of we give the film we're talking about a rating cody and i do one to ten uh ten being the best um the last guy who was here gave food ratings mm. uh, he gave like last jedi and his plant <laughs> parmesan so you know use whatever system you want uh, but for me i think i'd put american psycho at, at a seven out of ten yeah i think good. that's accurate i think the pacing could use some work in this movie but the pacing some of the cinematography yeah, is a bit I'd iffy agree with too that. Per- I'll, yeah. I'll stick with your guys's rating personally uh i'd give this an eight and a half out of ten i i actually go for that i, eight and a half, enjoyed, man, I greatly enjoyed this film uh, yeah i would i would that's I, awesome yeah well that's the that's the great thing about like discussions and debates is that you don't have to all come out with yeah. the same answer yeah this is seven and a half to eight nice Well, cool. Well, if we're all done here, uh, you know, I'm going to do my little end disclaimer to our very small audience that hopefully grows within the span of 20 years. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So whatever you're listening uh, to this on, you know, subscribe if you can. Tell people about it who might be interested. And we'll see you next time. Everyone say bye. bye. See you guys.